Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Um, Dr. Mark and, and I met, like, I think it's five years ago or more, and, and started working together. Um, I started out by building his website, and then it's grown since then that I get the opportunity to lead all the marketing at their, their clinic in Tulsa, which is super awesome. Um, I'm, I'm just grateful to be a part of what they're doing there because they have a business going there, but it's actually a ministry disguised as a business because I've, I've learned that God doesn't just move in a church. He moves in business whenever we allow him to. And that's, that's how some, remember that stat that I've been sharing with you guys that 50% of people will never walk inside of a church. But there's a chance that those other 50% will walk inside Functional Medical Institute, meet doctors Mark and Michelle. We need more business leaders like them that are out there doing that and making a difference, not afraid to pray with their patients. And how many of y'all have ever been to the doctor and they, they offered to pray for you? Yeah, see, there's others out there, which is super awesome. But you guys are, are unique and one of a kind. And I'm just grateful to be a part of your lives and be a part of what you're doing. Let me give you his like formal biography because he's got an interesting story See, Dr. Mark was actually given up for adoption at birth, and as a kid, he was often made fun of for being chubby and shy. I don't know if you guys have seen this guy, but he ain't chubby. <laughs> but <it's, laughs> there's a chance. Instead of letting these things define his life, he actually used them as fuel to achieve great things. And as a young adult, Dr. Mark became a bodybuilding champion. There it is. Right? And played professional baseball. He logged 24 years in the Tulsa Police Department including over a decade on the SWAT team, so y'all watch out, before he retired as a sergeant. Dr. Mark is now a naturopathic doctor, author, motivational speaker, and ordained minister. He's carrying this message of wellness around the globe, speaking to churches, corporations, numerous TV programs, along with his wife, Dr. Michelle. I think Dr. Mark's the only one speaking this morning, but let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Michelle, because she too was given up for adoption at birth. Her family was poor, and she struggled in school with dyslexia, she never let any of that stop her. On her way to the Olympics, Dr. Michelle suffered a knee injury that ended her martial arts career. So y'all watch out for her too, right? <laughs> Although devastating, she diverted her energy and became a national bodybuilding champion while working as a massage therapist. In, in, that, in that time period, she was even overcoming homelessness. She was doing all that while living out of her car. Crazy, huh? Dr. Michelle decided to go back to school where she graduated at the top of her medical class and became a doctor of osteopathy. And that's when she opened a private practice called Functional Medical Institute, which they get to do together today. Super awesome. Love you guys. Go ahead and give a hand for Drs. Mark and Michelle. And I haven't been super, feeling super awesome, so I sanitized this mic, and that's the one that I'm going to give you. All yours, man. All right. Thank you, Pastor Kate. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. No kidding. Uh, I've been looking forward to this all summer long when um, Kate, is, Kate and Beth are some of the most unique individuals that I know. They really are. Uh, you guys are so blessed, I mean, over-the-top blessed to have them. No kidding. Um, they have vision that is beyond the walls of this building, and I think you understand that. So I just honor them this morning. Um, Pastor Kate, thank you for allowing me to be here. I really appreciate the time. So we're going to talk about body detox, right? And some of the subject matter this morning will be a little bit... Um, outside of the box of what you're used to hearing. But it's very important to catch this because, as Pastor Cade said, our bodies are the temple. The temple of whom? In other words, we don't belong. We don't, we don't own these things, do we? So we're going to dive into that scripture this morning. And 
You know, it's interesting because we do have some breaking news. We're not living in the Garden of Eden anymore. We're living in the Garden of Eden. We are, aren't we? So we wrote a book. This is our fourth book, actually, and um, it has a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today in here and more. It's a great one, probably two-day read. Everybody needs this. No kidding. It's a great foundational read. If you want to know how to live free in regard to this area of your life, you want to know what went wrong and why it went wrong, you need this book. Seriously. So we've got them out there at the table. I want you to have one. If you don't have enough money to buy one, I'll buy one for you. I want you to have one of these books and don't leave here without them. If you have money to buy two for somebody else, buy them for somebody else. That's how we bless each other. So they're $10. Make sure you get this book, all right? Now, with that said, I'm going to dive in this morning because this morning's message is going to be power-packed, and it will set you free if you want to be free. Now, some people get stuck in a box of not wanting to be free. I'll use the analogy of a church. Sometimes we sit in the same chair all the time. And somebody gets in our chair and it makes us mad because we have one perspective. But sometimes we need to change perspective. So I encourage you over the next few weeks to sit in different places and freak Pastor Kate out. So those of you that are sitting in the back today, next Sunday you'll be right up here, right? And sorry, you front row people, you're banished to the back. (laughs) It's important to understand, because we're going to talk about four points today, and I want you to catch these things. What is God's intent? What's his real uh, motivation for us regarding health? And then what went wrong? I'm going to share with you some staggering and very concerning statistics today that concern us as people. I don't want God's people to be sick anymore. It's a waste of time on this planet. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Very important to catch this. And then we're going to talk about the answer, and then I'm going to give you three things that you can do today to begin to put into practice that will help you walk in health. How many want those three things? you got to wait a little bit. I want to build up to them and give you the reason why we need them. It's important to understand that this is the foundational thing we must catch. I'm going to start off with one of the scriptures in my favorite book in the Bible, the book of Mark. And these signs shall follow those who believe. So do you believe? Amen. If you believe, these signs shall follow you. It doesn't say they might. They will. Right? And so in my name, this is Jesus, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. They'll not drink, they'll, if they drink something deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick might recover. Is that what it says? No, it says they shall recover. And that means that if we're walking around chronically sick and expecting to be sick, hear this, church, if we're walking around chronically sick and expecting to be sick, are we walking in God's will? Not at all. We're not. We're walking around in the world's will, and the world is controlled by whom? We need to understand that this world we're in is controlled by Satan, but we're here for a reason to make a difference. Just because he's here doesn't mean that God's power does not supersede his still to this day. Amen? So I'm glad we're here. Are you glad you're here? I'm glad we're here at this time in history. We're supposed to be here. So with that said, we go one forward. In John, 3 John 2, we see that, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Say that again. All things and be in what? Health. It says your soul prospers. So what happens? Where are we right now? Check this out. Disturbing trends you will see according to the CDC, the Center of Disease Control. The trend of our life is not changing over the last 40 years. Heart disease is still the number one killer. 
Every year, oh, 600,000 people die of heart disease. Very preventable. How many think that that's ridiculous? Say ridiculous. The number of deaths per 100,000 for cancer is unchanged, relatively speaking, in the last 40 years. Are we winning that war? No, we are losing that war. We have not done anything different. And to that end, to dive a little bit deeper, we see here the stat that I just told you about. But it gets worse. What does the future say? Everybody's got a future trend that predicts things. They are not looking good. You see that trajectory of all these disease processes. And all of them, it doesn't matter what they are specifically. Just know that the top five are all self-induced lifestyle diseases. Is that not crazy? The trends are going up faster than the population growth, which means we're getting sicker faster than the population is growing. Let that sink in a moment. Note the following disease predictions. Check this out. How many have kids here? Under 18. Raise your hand if they're under 18. One in three are predicted to be type 2 diabetic by the time they're 40. On medication. Diabetes will affect one in two people worldwide in 15 years. Autism, which was one in 40,000 40 years ago, is one in 40 today. It's predicted to be one in two in 2050. We are losing a generation, and we've got to understand that our population, we may be living longer, ladies and gentlemen, but we're not living longer. We're dying longer. We are extending the death process, and it's unfortunate that we can step back and see these trends, and all of our medical community knows this, and we're ignoring them. This morning, I pray that our eyes will be open to see things new, that we won't look at this and say, oh, Dr. Mark's just making this up. This is public information. If I'm looking at this as a country, I'm going to go, what? We have failed. Do you realize that our gross domestic product for health care is $3.5 trillion, representing almost 18% of our gross expenditures. We have the most expensive, quote, health care system in the world, with the average person paying $10,000 per year. Guess where we rank as far as health in countries? 35th. Shocking. The vast majority of all of our disease trends that we're seeing in a trajectory going up are controlled. I like to call them self-induced, choice-driven, elongated suicide. Perhaps, not just perhaps, but quite likely, we've been, able, we've been deceived into believing that managing disease is the best God does. But is that what the book of Mark said? When Jesus said, these signs will follow you. When you lay hands on the sick, you will manage disease processes. Is that what he said? No, he said they will be healed. You've got to understand that the world today is not about getting you healed. This is not Satan's intent to get you healed. It's God's intent. These two forces are opposing. We must understand that clearly and grasp this into our very spirit because big pharma doesn't care about you. They want your credit card on file. They want you to become a lifetime consumer. We're not saying that medication is bad. We're saying that the disturbing trend of medication usage in America is going over the top and it's out of hand, and it's not designed to get you well. It's designed to manage disease processes. Why is this a significant statement I just said? Because medications are not designed to get you well. 
Are we saying they're bad? No. If I break my arm, I want something more powerful than omega-3 fatty acids. Because I'm going to hurt, man. I want something better. I want something bigger. But yet the dependence upon them to bring about healing is where the deception begins. The scripture I'm going to share with you now, which I've shared many times before, will lend insight to what I just said. This is found in Galatians. Paul is getting on to the Galatian church and saying, hey, man, what are you guys doing? You were going so well, and what happened to you? You got off track, man. You lost your way. You, got, you took a wrong turn. Now you're doing all these things. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, and it continues. But that word sorcery I've got highlighted there. Why? Because if you look back at the original Greek, that word sorcery is going to say the word pharmakia, which is where we get the word pharmacy. You dive a little bit farther, you're going to see the word sorcery right in the middle of that with the context of sorcerer. So we see that even back then, there was a concept of sorcery that was distracting us from God's intention. Are you starting to get this? See, we got to understand what happened and where it all began. Now, if we want to understand where it all began, and this is super important because this is not a coincidence. This is Satan's oldest and most destructive scheme that he has absolutely mastered today. And he's mastered it by using God's people. I'm going to lay this out for you right now. Here's where it began in Genesis. It's funny how all things begin in Genesis, didn't they? And I want you to really get these scriptures. It's going to be scripture heavy. You can probably listen to this message later on, but I want you to really understand contextually where it came from. This is in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the air and over the birds of the sea and over the cattle, over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, you have mastery over the creepy crawlers in the world. Did you know that? The key point, that first word, dominion. I want you to catch that. Dominion over the earth. Everybody say dominion over the earth. Dominion over the earth is key because that word dominion, if you look at the original Hebrew, we're talking about prevailing, reigning, or ruling over, or dominating. I like that term. I like that terminology because it makes me understand that I, as a believer, have everything inside of me that Jesus had. So I, as a believer, I'm going to dominate this earth. Do you catch that? Because God's going to get the glory in that. Why is that important? Because this is God's original intent. How many believe the passage in Matthew 6, we talk about the model prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. So this is God's intent for us. On the earth today. Everybody agree with that? Okay, good. We continue on and we see in Genesis 1 verse 29. And God said, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be given for food. So when mankind was made and God breathed the breath of life, he breathed the appetite for the food from the earth. Very important to catch. So if your children are saying out there, I hate vegetables, you got a problem, ladies and gentlemen. You need to stop it immediately because that's not of God because God's intent was that we would, what? Eat the food from the earth. you got to catch that because that's important. So we understand that appetite is given from God by him personally, so it directs us to put things in our mouth to bring healing in our bodies. 
Funny, we don't have time to talk about this today, but that very tree of life mentioned in the garden in Genesis 1 is also mentioned again in Revelation. Go figure. We'll eat from the tree of life. Now, as we go forward, we see in chapter 2, verse 7, and God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So if we have dominion over the earth and man was made out of the earth, then we have dominion over this thing called our physical body. Are you with me on that? So if we really get that, and if we understand we have the mind of Christ, which we're going to in a second, we will take authority over this physical body, and it won't control us anymore. People say all the time, well, you don't understand my appetite. What did I just say? My appetite. My appetite. But what about God's appetite? We've got to begin to transfer our thinking into having the mind of Christ and be renewed every day. That's super important to think about. Now, as so we go forward to 9, two verses later. Out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. A key point again here is the food from the ground was intended to be not just great looking, cool, a lot of colors, a lot of stuff, but it's supposed to be great tasting too. So how can we say if we believe indeed that God made us have this appetite for these plants that now all of a sudden we don't? It's because perhaps we've been deceived to believe that my taste supersedes God's taste. My choice supersedes God's choices. I go back to the garden. I wasn't there, but I know in God's intent, I know his heart because I have his heart in me and you have his heart in you. There was no chicken McNugget trees in the garden. There was no Krispy Kreme donut bushes. And there was no French fry shrubs. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not of God. He didn't make it. That's not even food. But yet we feed it to ourselves every day. Grandparents, this is not meant to criticize anyone. Understand, this is God's word. And I'm his messenger. So we can get mad at Mark if we want to. That's fine, but don't get mad at God or he'll win the argument every time. (laughs) Bottom line is we eat things every day and put them in our mouth that is not food. It never was food. Then we wonder what happened. Oh, God, fix me up. But, oh, God, I'm causing the problem. And not knocking any uh, gathering like this, but we got to get this. This is one of the greatest deceptions. We serve this non-food in gatherings like this on Sunday morning all around the country and all around the world. We do it as a template based upon what we've learned here in American church. We feed foods that make people sick. And then we think we can pray it out of them. Must think we got a schizophrenic God or something. God directs us to put this junk in our mouth so we can be sick, and then he wants the, the glory about us, him healing us. God, is God like that? That's a misuse of grace. Another message for another day. I can walk in front of the bus all I want to, and eventually it's going to hit me, but God's going to give me a spare leg. Is that God? Now, we're reasonable people here. Let's reason this through as we go forward. It's under, we need to understand this. Now, let me set the stage for Satan's greatest attack. In the garden, there was a perfect relationship with God. There was a perfect relationship with the dirt, the ground, and Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with each other. They did not realize they were naked. Isn't that crazy? They were completely, yes, we'll say it, buck naked. Yet, 
They did not understand they had a physical body. Because they weren't driven by the flesh, they were driven totally by the Spirit. Yes, they ate their veggies. But I want you to see what happened in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. There was a conversation between Eve and Adam and Satan. And Satan twisted the scripture. Didn't God say this? And he just knows the scripture enough. That's why you got to spend time in the Word. you got to know God's Word because Satan knows it as well. He was there at the beginning of time when the Word was formed. we got to know this. we got to understand that Satan knows the Word. Have we accepted that idea? He's not some evil guy who runs around with horns on. He'll come at you with beauty. He'll come at you with enticement. He'll come at you with taste. He'll come at you with appearance. He'll come at you with smells, with things you see. That is Satan's attack. So Eve and Adam had this conversation with Satan. And the Satan, he tries to tell him, now, God told you to eat from all that, but he told you to not eat from that tree over there. Don't eat from the tree of good and evil because you know what? You'll know it then and you'll be as smart as God. See how he's starting to entice them into believing. Maybe God's holding out on them. Maybe... You know, he says this, and he uses food in this case. Have one bite of this. You're going to feel really good about it. Just have one taste. Just have one bite. What's the problem here? And we'll use this misuse of Scripture, everything in moderation, to justify this behavior right here. But watch this. What if, what if Adam and Eve had not had that bite? What if they just said, no, 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 no. We're not going to talk to you anymore and Adam said, wham, and knocks that apple out of Eve's hand. We wouldn't be having this conversation, would we? But the thing that gets us off is that one bite. How many of you have heard the words or said the words, come on, just have one bite? It's not going to hurt you. Do you understand how our words today are mimicking exactly Satan's words in Genesis chapter 3? He has mastered this strategy to get us to believe that a little bit won't hurt you. But I'm telling you, if you open the door to a little bit, it's like Pandora's box, man. It'll flood your soul. And when things get in there, if they're not quickly expelled, which we'll see in a minute, if they're not quickly detoxed, which we'll see in a minute, they're going to get in you and cause danger. And it's going to be worse than it was before. Now, Satan said this, and I'll go into the last part of that verse, because I just want you to hear this. After they ate, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked. After they ate, they began to notice their flesh. Not before. After they ate. And they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves, and they heard God in the garden walking around, and he said, Where are you? Like he didn't know where they were. But they were trying to hide. And Adam said this, and I want you to hear this. I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. Another problem. When we allow things to get in us, the worst thing to do is go hide yourself. The thing we need to do is turn around and face God because he has always got his arms open waiting on us to come towards him to just love us back into his perfect intention. That's what he wants. Now, it's interesting to understand that there's a couple key principles I want you to get from this. Satan's cunning. He's smart. Make no mistake about it. I give credit where credit's due in a weird way. The woman talked with evil. Don't spend time talking with Satan and demons. 
do not spend time yelling at demons. Hear what I'm saying? Because if you're spending time yelling at demons all day, all you're doing is throwing gas in the fire and throwing emotions that way. Spend time understanding that God's love casts out all fear, which is demonically enhanced. Understand that. If God's love casts out all fear, our job is to say, God, thank you that there's love in my life. Thank you that your love is empowering me. Thank you that your love overfills me. Thank you that your love is in me. When we do that, evil will flee. So don't spend time talking to demons. Satan is about substitution and confusion. He wants to get you to, under, to try to substitute something for God's best. And many times it's about that far off. A little bit. It's not much. It's a little bit. Just a little bit off. Adam could have stopped it. He could have stepped up and said, no more, man. Lead your home. Lead your home, man. If you're not married, lead your home. Ladies, if you're not married, lead your home. Understand that what goes on in your home is something you do have control over. Adam could have stepped up and grabbed that apple and swiped it. Eve may not have liked it too well, but it was the right thing to do. If you see somebody walking in front of a bus, you grab them, rip their shirt, and grab them back, and they end up in the dirt. Do you care that they bought, that you ripped their uh, $100 blouse? No. You care that you saved their life. Don't stand by and do nothing and say it's none of my business. As believers, yes, it is. Step up and do something about it. And then shame and fear enter the world. We must not live in shame and fear. So what have we done since all this happened? Here's what we've done. All of us, and hear this, in partnership with Satan, have created a world of expected disease, false solutions, and a vast amount of deception. Got pretty quiet in here, didn't it? We don't need to be in partnership with Satan in this any longer. We don't. It's important. Because Satan stocked us full in our cabinets, in our cupboards, in our supermarkets, on sale in our supermarkets because of government subsidies that are feeding into things that are killing us. The corn industry, the wheat industry, and the dairy industry, the soy industry, that's where the money goes. That's why it's cheap. But that cheap stuff is not food anyway. It's been genetically modified, chemically altered, and it's causing disease processes through the inflammation process and our toxicity in our bodies. Not fit for anybody. Not one time at all, any time, period. Because if you open the door this much, what do we say happened? These things are all so addictive. They will stimulate a pathway in your brain called dopamine. The dopamine pathway is short for saying dope. It's a drug. That's why it's so hard to stop eating one of those potato chips. The commercials weren't lying. I bet you can't eat just one. They're not. If you're sick and want to get free, if you're sick and want to get well, you got to be willing to get free from this deception. This is where it all starts, ladies and gentlemen. Additionally, not only are we putting things in, we need to understand this. This is one of the darkest, most deceptive things in America's church today, in the believers around our country and around our world. We are sharing this philosophy worldwide. Dr. Michelle and I, when we travel around, they want to know, why are we getting so sick? It's because we've shared with our abundance the Western lifestyle. It is a disease-causing lifestyle. 
The greatest deception in America's church today is the idol of food. It's the golden calf that nobody wants to burn down. It's the elephant in the room. It's the thing that no one wants to talk about because we're afraid to change. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to change right now. I'm so proud of that man sitting right there. Him and his wife, Beth, they had some courage. And they said, no more. We're not going to allow God's people under our charge, under our shepherdhood, to get sick based upon anything we're contributing to. That's the fullness of life. And you're here because you see something different in them, don't you? You see courage. You see boldness. You see a clarity of the scriptures. They don't want to see God's people sick. Satan is a master deceiver. That's why we have comfort food. Who is the great comforter? It's the Holy Spirit, isn't he? How many have the great comforter living in them right now? Then why do we need anything else? Because see, when we get depressed, what do we do? We have have a choice to go grab some ice cream or grab a hold of God. What do we choose? We sometimes go ice cream first, don't we? Because we want a dopamine hit. It is a drug, and we need to be free from it forever. We also put toxic chemicals on us every day without thinking about it. There's some things we control, some things we don't. But what about cosmetics? What about body art? You ever think about ink? Is ink toxic? Maybe. Think about it. I don't know. You know, we got to think about things. Understand that if, if we have tattoos, we're not saying that's right or wrong or indifferent. We're just saying think about the toxic burden. Think about it all. The air we breathe, I can't tell you what's coming through these vents. I know we keep it clean, but what comes through the air outside? You ever think about that? Chemicals, pollutants, persistent organic pollution, nicotine, drugs, and all these unknown things. The world's a toxic place. I may believe that. It's interesting because here's what our body's supposed to do. I just want to get a little bit of biochemistry for you here. It's really cool. But understand when a toxin comes into our body, it's been on destruction. The body's supposed to see that. It's supposed to see it and go, hey, you, you don't belong here. And it's supposed to transform it into something else. But if it doesn't get it out of the body and it gets stuck, look at the center. It's called a reactive intermediate, which will lead to DNA damage. That's damaging our cells. That's getting to the core of who we are. Do we understand that God knew we were going to be exposed to stuff? So he made this system. I think that's just cool. He made our detox system. Not so we could overload it willingly, so that it would handle the things he knew we were going to be exposed to in the year 2019. He did that for all of us. But if we see something coming in, and we don't allow God, or we don't click and say, I'm not going to put that anymore, to transform that to something that excretes our body, or leaves our body, or is expelled from our body, we're going to see that that's going to cause more damage. So it's more harmful after it comes in if it's allowed to stay. Are you catching that? It's interesting when we start looking at God knew we were going to be exposed. We have to understand his system of detox is available to us, not just physically, but also spiritually today. It's important to understand there's anti-inflammatory, non-toxic things to put into our body. Just a quick list. And the bottom line is, if you can pluck it, pick it, pull it, hunt it, or kill it, It's food. Eat it. Have a good time. But if you can't do those things, it never, ever was. 
There was no boxes hanging off trees in Eden. Not a one. There was no processed things hanging there. Nothing. You ever wonder why people get so sick today? It's interesting. With all the pictures I painted, we know it's a bad spot. We're in a, we've allowed some, some stuff here to happen that we shouldn't have allowed to happen. Agreed? Everybody agree with that? We all need help starting with this guy right here. Amen? We all need to understand this, every one of us today. And today will change your life because here's the solution. Let me stop and say, you know, God gives us an answer. He is not a God that says, here's the problem, good luck. He always provides a, a way out. How do we know? What does he do? We know the world's messed up. We know that. But we also know we're here for a reason. So he must have equipped us to get through this thing and not just survive, but to thrive through it. Second Chronicles 7.14. One of the most powerful, most often quoted verses in the history of the church. Check this out. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from the wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven forgive their sin, and heal their land. Man, I'm going to share something with you that you're going to go, wait a minute. I've missed that all these years. The word land, right there, everybody say land. The same word back in Genesis that means the dirt. This is not talking about your garden. If my people will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and repent, I will heal their land. Are you catching this? This is the land. He'll heal our land. If we would just humble ourselves, seek his face, pray, and repent of our ways, he will heal our land. I don't know about you, but I want to walk around and heal land. See, we have dominion over this thing, but yet sometimes we allow our dominion to be turned over and given over to something else. We allow it to be guided by something else or someone else. And God wants us to stop, realize we're on the wrong path. That's what repentance is. It's not a dirty word. We got we to quit using that word in a, in a bad way, an accusatory way. Man, I've been on the wrong road many times, and I'm not happy about any of them. But we have to realize we're on the wrong road. How many today realize, man, I've taken the wrong turn? Raise your hand. Real quick, it's good. It's, it's a good thing because if you want to have a heart of God, if you want to be known as a man after God's own heart or a woman after God's own heart, I'll ask you again, you're, you're able to willingly raise your hand proudly and say, man, I've gone the wrong road. Right? And if you realize that, God's going to show you the right road and the way off the wrong road. Clear. Now, we understand this, that our body is not our own. It's not our own. Don't you know? This is the question. It's like, hey, folks, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? That's the question. How many know that? See, we got to ask this question of ourselves every day. Don't you know? You were bought with a price. What was the price? It was Jesus' blood. His life, his death was the price paid. He rose again, but we got to talk about that price, man. He knew that he was going to the cross for us, for me. He had you and me on his mind all the time. All of us. He knew we'd be sitting right here. He knew that, hearing this. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And your spirit, which are God's. As a believer, our body is not ours to mess up. Forget all the, the political stuff. It's my body. I'll do what I want. No, it's not. 
If we say that, we're saying this scripture is invalid. We say it doesn't matter. We're saying that, you know, I like this scripture. I don't like that one, so I'm going to make this an apply. But I will tell you something about God's word. If one word, if you agree and it's not true, then the whole thing's untrue. That's the way it is. Now, we must become radical and bold in our care of this temple. If we truly want to be healed and walk as Jesus wants us to walk, we need to understand that Jesus model behavior that we need to mimic as well. One of my favorite passages of all time is right here. And I don't want you to miss this. As Jesus entered the temple, he drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. Everybody say in the temple. Say it again, in the temple. I want you to get this. And he overturned the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of robbers. He was talking about the physical temple in those days. He walked in and said, this is not good. Get out now. I don't like this in my temple. Get out now. This is God's house. Get out now. How many need to say those words on a daily basis? This is God's house. Get out now. If you have the mind of Christ, you're going to exactly mimic exactly and say what Jesus said. Understand that after he drove them out, watch what happened. In the temple, the blind, the lame, came to him in the what? In the what? And what did he do? He did what? He healed them in the temple. How many want to walk healed? Dry the stuff out, man. Have some courage and boldness and don't be afraid to be radical. Drive out of your home, drive out of your body, and stand up firm and know that it is the mind of Christ and it is his will and it is his intent for you to walk healed. We can't walk healed when we continue to corrupt the temple with stuff coming in. Because remember what we said, when it comes in the body, if we recognize it and don't put it out, it makes it more corrupt. We see more damage. We see more problems. And then it becomes damaging to the very core of who we are. Folks, we got to get this. This will change your life. There's three things that I want you to do, and here they are. Number one, we got to give back ownership of the temple to the rightful owner. If you think you control your body, you just stole something from God. Time to give it back. Number two, allow God to have free reign in every part of it and guidance in all parts of your life. Don't keep a a closet closed off. I could preach a whole message on John chapter 11 and Lazarus' tomb. God had to have that stone rolled away so he could go in there. Roll the stones away. Let him have every part of your life. And number three, repent Turn away, get off the road of the idol of food and other dependencies and allow God to set you free. How many want to be free? How many really want to be free? How many really, by the show of hands today, honestly know that there's addictions like this in your life and you've got to be set free? Raise your hand. That's not to be ashamed of, man. That's like awesome that you just did that. Play that worship music real quick, can you? We're going to play some worship music now and just... I'm going to encourage you to understand that there's healing in God's presence. In each of us today, look up here. I want you to catch this. We represent God's temple. Not the building. Not the building, but this temple right now. It's here. If we understand that, that in his presence, as he fills our temple, there is healing. Not might be. It is. It is. So the prayer we're going to have right now is very simple. 
I believe in connection. I believe indeed that when God says to lay hands on people, they get free. A lot of hands went up. I don't know who needs what, but God does. He knows the heart. He knows the need. He knows the roads that we've traveled. He knows the roads we took a wrong turn on. We drove through detours. We drove around cones that say don't go there. We went to bridge out destinations, and we knew that. We crashed. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want everybody here to be touching. Just lay a hand on somebody around. Just make sure that you're touching one person, and one person's touching you. Super important. And as we begin to pray in just a second, I'm serious about this. Don't miss this moment. See, God's healing power is going to flow through this building and through this people here. And we're going to walk out free. And I want you to expect it, man. Expect it. Don't doubt. Look up here. Make sure. I don't want, no, I don't want any doubt. Nobody's going to doubt. Anybody have any doubt? We 100% in this still? Got to be 100%, man, sir, ma'am. 100%. 100%, nothing less. Now, we're going to pray right now. We're going to thank God. We're not going to ask. We're going to thank Him. We're going to thank Him for setting us free. We're going to thank Him for bringing healing into our lives. We're going to thank Him that we're walking out of here today with no addiction to this kind of nonsense. We're going to walk out of here today free and full of the best of God. We're God's people, man. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We need to start walking like it and living like it and looking like it. We don't need to look like, act like, and live like a soup sandwich anymore. We need to live like God's people. We're a special breed, man. So as we pray, Father God, I thank you so much for your presence in all of our lives, God. We don't have to say, come here, Lord, because you're here. God, I thank you that you're here, and I thank you right now that as your word says, we will, as believers, lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. We understand, Lord, that sickness is not about a physical infirmity all the time. It's sometimes about an emotional infirmity, God. It's sometimes about deception. God, I thank you right now there's a spirit of healing going through this building from person to person, God. And I thank you that you're meeting every single need. You're meeting every single need with abundance and clarity, God, and you're setting people free right now. Thank you that in your power there is love. There is joy, there is hope, there is peace, and there is healing, Lord God. I thank you so much for touching lives, God, this morning. That when people leave here, they can share with others, God, what you've done in their lives. Let this be a testimony time. Let this be a moment in history that we mark down and say, it happened that day. That's one day that God touched my life, and I know it, God. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your power. We love you. We honor you. We thank you so much for all you do. And God, I thank you for setting your people free. You receive it now. We all receive it now, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty, holy, precious name we pray. We call it done. Amen, amen, and amen. Pastor Kate. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mark. I wish that guy had just a little bit of passion. <laughs> you know, if you felt any sort of condemnation from that message, that's just the devil trying to play tricks on you. Because that guy's speaking from a heart of love. He just cares about you. And he's, he's giving you the truth because you need it. And here's what dropped in my spirit as he was wrapping up. This is really simple because a lot of you are like, well, what do I do now? Like, there's a lot of things like, eat this, don't eat that. Take this, don't take that. Like, what do I do? You listen to the Holy Spirit. Like, he's seriously going to guide you on each and every step. 
along that process. You just got to listen to him and you got to obey him because <laughs> he may say something you don't really like, <laughs> but it's good for you. Well, it's time to give, so go ahead and prepare your giving. And while you do that, I want to tell you a little bit about the event center. I want to give you an update. I always like to give you all a practical on what your giving's doing. I haven't given you an update on the event center in a while, so they're going to throw up some information on the screen. We launched the event center back in February, and here's what's happened so far. We've booked 22 events, plus there's three reoccurring events where they come here every week. And so, so far this year, our total income is almost $13,000. We had a little advertising expense, a little staff expense in there. So our net income is $9,713 for the year. And what that means is three months of rent for this building, more than, were paid for by the event center this year already. And as you guys know, our vision is for the event center to cover all the expense of the building. So that's rent, that's utilities and supplies and all that. So we're on our way. Like God gave us this vision and it's coming true. So it's really cool. It's really cool to, to watch. That doesn't mean that you can just step back and not give. What that means is that your giving is going further, which is super awesome. Let it rain. Let it rain, right? All right. Let, let's pray over our offering. God, we thank you so much that you've given us the heart of givers, that you've poured out generosity on this whole congregation, God. And you're taking our giving, you're multiplying it in our church, you're multiplying it in this community, and all around the world, you're using it for good. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.